Hey family, welcome back to Jesus Time. I'm your host, Gisela Lou, and we get to talk about what Jesus tells us in our times with him. And as we are continuing this incredible series on mental health, and I say incredible because of the people that we have had a chance to connect with. Guys, I, I have been so blessed and encouraged, and I feel like God has gotten bigger in my mind as I see how people are leaning on God and what God is doing in the lives of people, God. And today is no different. <laughs> today I have a very special guest. Her name is... Sage, and her story is all the things. We literally sat here before the podcast trying to figure out, okay, what should we title this? And this young woman has been through so much, experienced so much, we could not pick a thing. So it's all the things. And um, yeah, so Sage, you want to say hi and let us know a little bit about yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi. Um, Yeah, I'm Sage. Uh, a little bit about me. I just graduated UNF uh, with a bachelor's in chemistry. Um, yeah, I'm in a gap year figuring out what to do with my life. Mm. Um, yeah, considering UF for grad school or working here um, in Jacksonville. So yeah, in an odd phase of life, yeah. very in between figuring out what's next. Yeah, so those transition seasons are mm-hmm. tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you might be able to hear it from her voice, but she's so articulate And I'll say she, I'm talking to you. You're so articulate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. So articulate and Mm. so logical in, in the way you're wired. Mm. I am really excited to hear how someone with a logical kind of left-sided brain processes all of the struggles and the depression Mm. and all that. And so, um, I'm eager to to hear. And why don't we just start out with your story? I think Mm -hmm. let's just... Start from where you want and take us till now. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Where to start? So, um, I have had the unique experience of growing up in both a nuclear family and a very broken family. Mm. Uh, for a long time, family was pretty nuclear and just felt normal. You know, mom, dad, two kids. Um, but there was a lot of hardship and trauma beneath the surface that mm. I didn't learn until I was older. Um, probably like mid-teens, but despite that, I started experiencing my own hardship probably around the age of maybe nine, I think. That's kind of when my mental health problems started Mm. to hit, but I was too young to know it and realize it. I think uh, what I can remember is I think I had my first suicidal thought when I was nine. Wow. Yeah. I used to sit in the back of the car and just think about like opening the door. Um, And I didn't Mm. know why. It wasn't like a particular reason. It was just this feeling that I didn't want to really be around. And, um, that didn't manifest into really anything significant until later, probably around 11, Mm. I had moved to Alabama. I'm from, from Florida. We had grown up in like Daytona. So we were like a beach family. Mm. We like totally Mm. different than Hoover, Alabama. Yeah. You've probably (laughs) never heard of it. And there's a reason. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Just outside of Birmingham. And Mm. it was horrible. Um, My family weren't Christians, and so I wasn't raised in any type of faith, but we were, like, in the middle of the Bible Belt. And so, yeah, and we were in the middle of college football and, you know, Mm. church on Sundays and just, like, the deep south that none of us fit into. (sighs) And on top of that, I was in my – so I've actually moved in in between the summer of um, fifth and sixth grade. So I started middle school at Hoover, Alabama. Ooh. Yeah, a uh, middle school called Bumpus. Yeah, what a random just, name, right? It just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and so I um, started middle school, and I didn't fit in it at all. 
And on top of that, I also was in my like um, emo kid phase. So uh, I like liked heavy, he- like heavy alternative music. I was sure. like, you know, against the grain. Mm. So not only did I not fit in if I did dress more, quote unquote, normally, mm. I certainly didn't fit in because I was like the only, you know, um, alternative looking person. Yeah. Wow. And so I got bo- bullied horribly. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Um... I was, we only were there for like a year and a half. My whole family hated it. Everyone was miserable. But I remember it was certainly really bad on me because I didn't have any friends. And going to school, I just got made fun of a lot. I remember actually people told me to kill myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I had already kind of had some issues prior. Yeah. And so hearing things like that were really hard. And I think 11, 12-year-old me just completely internalized that. And, um. Yeah, didn't have the emotional like ability to talk about it or know. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't know. What they saw instead was a kid who was misbehaving at home. Ugh. And so my dad and I didn't get along very well. And I started getting in trouble a lot. Like my dad would discipline me mm. because I was like acting out. And because I was being bullied at school, I started kind of being a bully to my younger brother. Oh. So I only got punished. No one ever asked what's wrong. It was... I, oh, I just must be a jerk, even though I was 10 or 11. Nobody asked what's wrong. I just got punished. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that kind of led into me eventually um, starting to self-harm. Mm-hmm. Because it's like everyone around me basically was telling me I was worthless and not good. And so it was like just a way to numb, a way to feel in control because not only did did those things happen, but my family started breaking down at the same time. So we moved away from Alabama back to Daytona, but my parents' marriage wasn't doing well. Yeah. Um, and nor is my mom. Um, okay. And so she has her own mental health issues, which mm. I'll dive a little bit into. But um, yeah, so we got back. I don't remember how long they were together for. Not long. But essentially my mom was like, I'm done. You need to leave. And kicked my dad out. And so. Wow. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. She just said she's done. And. Okay. Broke him and he was heartbroken because to him he was like, hey, I made a vow to like at least try. And she yeah. was like, no, we're good. Um, or we're not good and left. And so um, I was too numb to care. I, mm. It didn't matter to me. And also he was the guy who just was a jerk when I got home. So we didn't have some like nice relationship. Mm. And I was like, whatever. Um, not to mention he actually isn't my bio dad. So he had no legal right. Oh. So I didn't have any visitation with him. Like because... He came into my life when I was like three or four, but gotcha. he's dad. And now he's dad. We're good now. Wow. But, good. Okay. Um, yeah. So I essentially, we lost contact for years. Um, mm. So yeah, I internally, things started getting really chaotic. Mm. Also around the time, externally, everything was getting really, really chaotic. Mm. And so um, I struggled with self-harm really bad yeah. for pretty much all of middle school. Wow. Um, yeah, it makes like seventh through eighth. And then right about midway through eighth grade, I found a new way to self-harm. Mm. I learned about drugs. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so specifically weed um, gotcha. and drinking, uh, especially because that was what my mom was doing. Mm. And so wasn't modeled for me to do anything else. Mm. And in fact, she was way more interested in being uh, my friend than my parent. Mm. So when she found out, we started doing it together. Wow. Like, and she, where she would provide it or she'd buy me cigarettes or like, yeah. like she was my friend slash roommate, not my parent who cared about my well being. Yeah. And wow. so, um, that was kind of 
like the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. She um, had drug addiction problems and her own mental health problems Mm -hmm. that really spiraled and um, got bad. But for me at the time, I didn't know it. And I thought she was the coolest mom in the world to let me smoke weed and have my friends over and let boys sleep over and all the things. Mm. And so, yeah, I did kind of, I stopped self-harming around that time. Um, Mm. But I was smoking weed all day long, like every day. So again, I had just found a new outlet. Yeah. Yeah. So what was self-harm doing for you? You mentioned Mm. a little bit about it helped you feel it in control Mm. in the midst of chaos. Can you talk about how mm-hmm. that was helpful or what else it did for you. Mm, yeah. And, okay. And how did the weed replace that? I think for me, it was part control. It was more mm. numbing. Numbing. Okay. I think it was emotionally numbing. Mm. Yeah. Because the physical pain would do what? Distract you? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. And I think it was like, I mean, there was a part of me that knew how horrible it was. Mm. So it's like knowing that it's bad I'm trying to think about how to articulate it. Mm. It was almost worse than what else was happening. So it's like I was almost replacing it. Gotcha. So it's like, okay, yeah, all that stuff sucks, but I'm like replacing it with this and now I'm just numb. I don't know if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it was just a way to like not feel Mm -hmm. and to like not focus on what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I was in control of that happening. I was in control of Of the other things that were hurting Mm -hmm. you. You could control this pain. Mm -hmm. You could decide when to feel it, yeah. when to not. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. And no one had to see it. It was mine. Like, no one oh. knew. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. helpful. And so then weed then replaced that because it did what? Um, well, one, I think it was not hurtful in the same way sure. it was numbing in the same numbing. way mm-hmm. okay but it also brought fun i mean it brought friends it brought oh. like people to do it with and it was like fun to do it and gotcha i think especially in the beginning it was new mm. and exciting and rebellious and so like there was mm-hmm. a lot of positive things sure it's me looking back now yeah. and i can say that was a form of self-harm gotcha yeah i don't i wouldn't have said that then it mm-hmm. was a fun and exciting thing mm. um but i think it was it definitely replaced it in that it numbed in the same way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a coping mechanism. Coping. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So chaos inside, chaos outside. Now you have weeds and friends, including yeah. your mom, who's also in that. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah, so that's just kind of how life is for a little while. Um, the internal chaos seemed to kind of calm down with the weed, um, mm-hmm. or at least didn't, it wasn't able to be as much big of a problem because mm-hmm. everything else got way worse. So whatever was happening internally... I had to push it down to survive because life started to get really bad externally. Okay. Um, my mom's drug addiction worsened, ended up becoming um, homeless, both her and I. Wow. Yeah, I was about 14, I think, when I, yeah, we lost our house because her boyfriend had been murdered in our home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that really sent her spiraling. And yeah, it, uh, I went to go live with friends and continued to live with friends for years. Um, they were also kind of in the same phase of life. So there was a sense of like commu- community understanding because they got it. Like mm. when I said, hey, can I come stay with you? I mean, no questions asked. They knew. They were in the same situations. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of a, a beautiful thing. Were but, you with your mom at friend's house or was she separate? And- no, she was separate. Oh, yeah. Okay. Later on, she we kind of would be in the same spaces. But initially, when I was about 14 or so, mm. um, when it all happened, she just couch hopped and was with friends and... I also, too, I know now, like, 
I think also homeless some nights, just like sleeping on the street or whatever. But I luckily, thankfully, was always had friends to stay with. Okay. Sorry, I have hiccups. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just what life looked like for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think weed numbed, yes, but I think there was a part of me too that like couldn't comprehend where life was at. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't. And it mm-hmm. was like, okay, I'm not going to like, I can't process this right now. Very, it was like survival mode. Yes, you can't mm-hmm. process. Because processing it would mean what? Feeling it. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's mm-hmm. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You couldn't yeah. touch it. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't grow up in an emotionally healthy household. Mm. We didn't talk about our feelings. Like, like we didn't <laughs> yeah. talk about like sure. emotions. So I didn't, I also didn't even have the tools to mm. like didn't know, know yeah. Yeah, what I should even do or how to do it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I'm trying to think about so when well, things changed. Yeah. So you were homeless for how long? Maybe roughly two years, year and a half, two years. Couch hopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point we stayed in a church, mm. um, motel. Cause my friends too, they eventually experienced hardship. And mm. so like it was kind of us in it together, but sometimes we didn't have a house to stay in. Ugh. Luckily I never had to sleep like outside or anything. I'm so grateful for that. Wow. But yeah, no, no like housing security. Also no parental security. Mm. That was probably almost what was harder is it was kind of me against the world. Yeah. I had my friends, but like Mm -hmm. they were friends. They weren't looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like they were to a level, but it's like when it boiled down to it, like they, you know, it's like you serve yourself first. Mm, Yeah. Cause also we weren't Christians. No one knew the Lord. Like we, it was a fight or fight type of world. And like, yeah, it's like you do stick out for each other, but not in the way that like parents do. Sure. Yeah. And my mom wasn't really around. And that's kind of when I first started experiencing like the abandonment because I would like text her. She wouldn't text back. Turns out phone was dead or lost or whatever. Um, And so, yeah, I would say I finally, oh man, there's so much. I'm trying not to dive into too many tangents. Um, I think I finally had more housing security actually when I moved in with a boyfriend. Mm. Um, This was in 2015. Okay. This is kind of when things started to change for me. So I had kind of been in this status quo of like um, smoking weed, just figuring out how to survive. I wasn't even old enough to have a job. Mm. So like it was also like if I can just wait, if I can just wait till I can like be old enough to work. Um, and I wasn't in school. I dropped out because mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't important. How am sure. I going to go sit and learn, you know, algebra when I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep tonight? Sure. So, um, yeah. And I had lived in, with my friends and at some points lived with her friends and mm. saw a lot of drug production and just, mm. you know people doing awful things and all sorts of things. Mm. But again, too numb, kind of didn't care, whatever. But in 2015, things started to change. Um, I had actually enrolled in school, enrolled in Pace Center for Girls. Oh, yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's an all-girls school. Um, It helps girls who have, like, had hardship kind Mm. of with a more supportive environment, like, help them, like, get on their feet academically. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that paired with, I moved in with my boyfriend instead of my mom's friends. Mm. Yeah. And so he was living with his parents. It wasn't the best, but it was way better than where I was. And so, and it was stable at least. Like I knew I wasn't going to get kicked out because we had already been dating for like a year. And also we'd already been friends since I was younger and Mm. he got the struggle. He just get, he got it. So, Mm. um, yeah, it wasn't much, but at least it was some stability and things started going really well. When I was in school, um, 
started getting like therapy because that's part of like every girl meets with a therapist. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But I was so numb and hardened and Mm. I was like, I'm not telling you absolutely anything. It's not your (laughs) business. Like, uh, uh, I was Mm. not, I didn't want to let anyone in. It was, it was me. How, like, it's not safe to let people in Mm -hmm. because they're going to let me down. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, but it was still good. I'm actually still friends with the woman who's my therapist. I can't believe she, we, I was a tyrant. I can't believe that she even like, still talks to me. <laughs> That's incredible. I love hearing that. Okay. Yeah. The pace was really good because I think it also helped to give me um, confidence. Mm. I actually did not know I was intelligent. Yeah. No one had told me that. Like, Aww. I didn't know it. And my grades didn't show it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was someone who, like, skipped school frequently, especially my eighth grade year. I was, like, two out of three days out of the week. That's the best I could do usually. Wow. So, um, wow. Yeah. I had no idea that I was an intelligent, capable person. Yeah. And one day, someone was like, yeah, you know, Sage, you're brilliant. And, like, you're going to go do great things. Aww. And I still remember that. And I still remember the person who told that to me. Was that the first time anyone had ever said anything yeah. like that to yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I had had no idea. Wow. And it was really great. And I think I kind of started to soften a little bit. Was it a teacher? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Her name was Susan. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, and Susan. And I also still am in contact with her. Uh, I'm in contact with all of the women who impacted wonderful. me there. Wonderful. Yeah. They were great. There were so many women. It was just a wonderfully supportive environment. And so while that was great... Uh, my relationship with my mom dwindled. She was in and out of jail, and it was rough. But luckily, um, my relationship with my dad and brother started to grow. I, mm. As I started to get better, I wanted to like connect with my brother, who had been living with my dad this entire time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't old enough to have his phone. So in order to connect mm. with him, I had to call my dad. And so what started with, hey, can I talk to Cayman? Turned into, hey, how are you this week? And slowly but surely, mm. I'd talk to him more than I talked to my brother. Yeah, and so we started to rekindle for the first time in years. Um, And enough chatting happened where it was like, hey, why don't you, like, come down to visit for the summer? They were in St. Pete. And I went there and spent a week week down there. And I think for all of us, it was, like, the first time we had felt family in a long time. Wow. How did that feel to you? Really big. It Mm. was hard, too, because I was like, a parent? You mean I have rules now? But... um, I think it did bring a level of, like, security of, like, oh, wow, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat tonight because wow. someone is going to put food on the table. Or, like, I don't have to worry if I have a place to sleep. And so... Wow. How did yeah. you trust that? I didn't for a long time, I okay. think. But part of it, too, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Mm. How did I trust it? I think it was a level of, like, well, if it fails, I'll just do something different. So you were not mm-hmm. invested enough to worry if it didn't work out you were just like well i'm just gonna try to connect with my brother and if it doesn't continue i'm okay Mm. more like so up until this point in my life my backup plan was always well but if it doesn't work i'll just kill myself wow yeah because i was like i don't really have i was like i don't care i still like the depression was still under the surface though what am i even living for i don't have a job i don't have a career i'm a high school dropout like my mom's a drug addict it was wow internally it was like well if it doesn't work out i always have a way out is kind of the mindset so i had a who cares attitude gotcha um or it was like if it doesn't work out i've made it this far i'll figure it out it's kind of okay yeah like it was a i'm not worried about what other people are gonna do because i have me Mm, gotcha yeah Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you trust that you trusted yourself as a yeah, survivor? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. As- I trusted myself. Mm. Yeah. And so um, it was really good though. Mm. So yeah. Anyways, uh, I end up uh, not only breaking up with my boyfriend in a really positive way. He's great. But I also decided to stop smoking weed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually started getting really, really paranoid on it. So it wasn't even oh. a my decision. It was like my body started rejecting it. 
I couldn't do it. I would have like, I would be freaking out when I did it. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, this is not fun. And so, yeah, I stopped doing it. Um, Even a few months actually before I moved down to St. Pete. Wow. And so I moved down in the summer of 2015. And I actually enrolled in a um, conventional high school. Yeah. So like um, just a regular high school, Seminole High School. And um, yeah, I get put in um, a class called, uh, oh wait, no, that was the next year. Anyways, I get put some good classes with some good teachers, and yeah, I all of a sudden am a normal teenager, or like huh. it looks like I am. Yeah. I live at home with a parent. I go to a regular high school. I'm in honors classes. I like <laughs> whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, oh wow. Uh-huh. I guess this is normal, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel normal. I felt way older than everyone else around me. Yeah, I didn't connect with many people. I bet. Yeah, but I did have a like more of a drive to succeed oh. academically. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where did that drive come from? Uh, from Pace. From Pace. From the woman that told me, you can go do something. You're oh. not just going to be a high school dropout. You're not just going to be this. I love yeah. the impact that had on you. Mm-hmm. That is inspirational. Yeah. No, they were fantastic. And so mm. my mental health looked pretty good in high school. Mm. Um, I didn't, like, I mean, there was some normal stuff and some sadness and some hardship with my mom of, like, mm. her being in and out of our life and eventually fully stepping out. Mm. Um, but... I don't, I wouldn't look back and say I looked depressed. Right. Maybe I was. I can't, I don't really know. It's hard to right. say, but mm. I looked decent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, I was doing great. I was killing it in school. I, after, so I had dropped out, um, had gotten some Fs on my transcript because I dropped out. So I had a zero GPA going into my sophomore wow. year. Yeah. Not nothing, but a zero. zero. Yeah. But wow. I managed to make up or grade to cover every single class and graduated with I think like a 3.6 or 3.7. Oh yeah. And I took AP classes. I took honors classes. I took wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was, wow. it was incredible. Part of that was I got into a program called Avid and like oh, yeah. that teacher really also inspired confidence in me. Wow. And so, yeah. And I had more of a drive. It was like, wow, okay, maybe I actually can go do something. Maybe I'm not just going to be a statistic. Mm. I was especially very driven by not wanting to be my mom. It was like, oh. I want to do anything that she didn't do. She didn't graduate high school. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Great. That must be what I need to do. Gotcha. And so, yeah, I started doing really, really well. Um, and it was my senior year, um, the summer, right before coming to UNF, yeah. that I met the Lord oh. through a teacher. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so prior to that, a little context, I was a very bitter atheist. Sure. I thought everything was meaningless. I was mm. like, well... I've only seen the bad. How could there be good in this world? How could there be a God who allows things like that to sure. happen? Especially like, I mean, how could he be good? How could he be a father? Like, look at mm-hmm. how I've been treated. Surely there isn't one. Um, and also I knew at that point I wanted to study chemistry. So I had um, an intellectual arrogance and was like, well, as a scientist, obviously it's not real. Wow. Which I look back now and just scoff. But um, <laughs> oh. yeah, so I met the Lord. Um and that, I can look back now almost five, a little over five years later, four or something, and say that was, I think, the beginning of, like, real change in my Ooh. mental health. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I went to college, and I was on top of the world. Life was great. College was paid for. I had just met the Lord. Yeah. I had that purpose. I was making friends. Like, wow. that first semester, I was just thriving. Yeah. And even the second semester, I, like, ended up studying abroad. It was great. Again, I didn't look... I didn't necessarily feel mm. like depressed or I didn't feel the impacts of the mental health or I certainly wasn't feeling any of the impacts of my trauma. Oh, okay. yeah. So and you I, were still kind of numbing out 
mm-hmm. that part of your life. Yeah, Got yeah. It. And mm-hmm. I think there was a part of me that had never even realized or let myself realize everything that had happened. Yeah. It was like, it's just in the past, whatever. It was mm. like, why would I stop and process that? I just need to go, go, go. How can I stop? Yeah. yeah. And so. Wow. Plus, there was a part of me that was like, I just want to pretend like I'm normal. Mm. Like, here I am now in Christian circles, and most of the friends around me grew up with two parents. Like, grew up really rich, have no idea what it's like to not have food on the table. Like, wow. the people I was around, I didn't feel like I could relate to. So no one really knew my story mm. the first year. And I felt super isolated. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at this point, so I wasn't smoking weed. I wasn't self-harming, but the way that I was coping, yeah. uh, was through sexual sin. Uh, yeah. Um, be it through Tinder, hooking up with guys or sure. just other things. And so, um, that yeah. was still a huge problem my freshman year and no one knew I wasn't going to tell them that. Yeah. And I, the Lord hadn't convicted me yet. Me coming from the world fully sure. having a more of a like feminist liberating sex is how you get power as a woman yeah. type of mindset. I was like, what do you mean? Give that up. Like, that's not even on the table here. Yeah. Um, and it did take a little while for the Lord to convict me, but maybe I'll get to that later. Um, so anyways, yeah, mental health looked normal mm-hmm. for years from that kind of that age of like maybe 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. self harm was really bad, moved on to weed, life got chaotic, mm-hmm. life got really good. Mm-hmm. And I moved to college and it was still really good. Mm-hmm. But then the summer after my freshman year, my mom died. Mm. And the seams just broke. I wasn't able to hold it together oh, anymore. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had this damn wall that was yeah, barely holding that. on. Mm-hmm. And the last drop came and broke everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think it... So, yeah, she died in a pretty challenging way. Um, She had, like, an overdose and was put on life support. Mm. So we had to go and take her off life support. Mm. Um, And her mom came, my grandma. And she was supposed to be the one to handle the paperwork and the legality of it. Unfortunately, you're right. I'm a logical, you know, analytical person. Right. And so I understood the situation. The doctor verbatim said to us, I'm sorry, but if this was a situation to have hope, I would tell you. Ooh. And it's not. Because wow. he was trying to make it clear to us that, like, this isn't a, she's in a coma. Like, wait and wake up. He was like, she's not there. And I understood that loud and clear. It made perfect sense to me. And I understood my mom enough to know she wouldn't want us to keep her on life support unnecessarily. My grandma, however, had to not have the same opinion. And I think she thought it was going to be like the movies. Yeah. I think she thought it was like, oh, she sees her kids, who I haven't spoken to her in three years. And she wakes up. And so her and I got into a massive argument. Um, and I was essentially accused of murdering my mother oh my and many other horrid things. And <sighs> she left and she said, F you, you deal with it. <gasps> yeah. And so I, I did. I signed the house paperwork. I dealed with everything at, I think I had just turned 20. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that is probably the most numb I have ever been in my life. Cause it was against survival. It was, I know I have to do this can't stop and process this no i just need to do it and move on wow yeah i was taking summer classes at unf so i missed like about a week and a half a week to do this and then i went right back to summer classes wow and i killed it i got an a in calc too even though i missed three weeks of it oh my goodness yeah because the numbing was just there it like i could just shut it off and pretend this isn't happening nothing's going on wow Mm -hmm. wow yeah and so after killing it after 
having to take your mother off life support, mm-hmm. being accused by your grandmother yeah. of murdering your mom, plus all the years of previous trauma. Yeah, it's like, no, it doesn't what, even end there. <laughs> it doesn't even yeah. end there. Mm-hmm. The, um, and then you go back and you kill it at, in summer school, mm-hmm. but you mentioned you couldn't hold it together. So yeah, it took did, a little while. Okay. I think the shock of my mom sure. brought on this like giant blanket of numbing that lasted for a little while. Okay. Like, you know, like you get a shot in the tooth and it yes. lingers. It lingered. Got it. Okay. But that fall, mm. it started getting really, really rough because a lot of things started getting rough. Classes weren't easy anymore. Yeah. I started oh. to not do as well in school as I had done ever since I tried. So, and my worth was being questioned. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm studying and I'm failing. Surely Ooh. I'm no longer worthy. This is the one thing I had for me. Wow. Yeah, I, was, I didn't feel very connected to my friends. Yeah. My friends didn't know my mom died. Because how do you bring that up? Like, hey, how was your summer? Fine. What do I tell you? I don't know. Wow. Like you had an awesome summer doing something. I don't know you well enough to feel like I can share this with you. Mm. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, carry it myself. And so. Because that's what you were used to. When what you else would I do? Trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. But now you couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. And especially, I had one friend who did know. She never checked in. Oh, my. Yeah. And even there were some people that did. That was the thing that I think hurt the most. I did mm-hmm. tell some people. No one seemed to care. It seemed too big for anyone to know what to do with. Oh. And it was, like, too big, too scary. These people haven't encountered grief in this way. Oh. And so, like, it was, even the people that knew kind of inadvertently said, handle it yourself. And so it felt like that also meant, oh, well, now I certainly can't tell anyone because I tried and no one cared. And so now I'm sure as heck going to keep it to myself because that was too hard. Oh, my goodness. Having them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Having them not even know what to do, which Mm -hmm. it's not their fault, but. Yeah. But doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. And I think people Mm. never understood that. And. Okay. Yeah. It was like you acting awkward like puts an even bigger burden on me. Mm. And that's something that I think people don't tend to understand about grief is like you doing nothing, you acting awkward is your worst response. All you have to do is listen and give a hug and like just, I don't know, be kind and treat it like it's normal because it is normal. People die all the time. Grief is like a normal emotion, but people act like it's something you just need to deal with by yourself. Wow. Or they're so afraid to touch it. They mm-hmm. do nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is worse. Which is yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. so isolating because it's already isolating. Yeah. And then it's like even people choose to not even press in with you. Mm. And so I felt so isolated in it. And not to mention, she died just a little after my one year anniversary of meeting the Lord. Oh my. So I was pissed. Yeah. I was, I was like how I didn't yet understand that like bad things happen even when you're a Christian. Sure. I was like... Why would this, I was so mad. I was like, why would he let this happen to me? And why would he let this happen in such a bad way? I was doing so good. Why would this happen? So that's the other reason things got hard. I was pretty mad at God. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, screw you, dude. I thought we were like, I thought we had a different agreement than this. (sighs) And again, no one knew. No one was like helping Mm. me process through this. Yeah. And so I kind of struggled through my fall semester. Cause not to mention my mental health gets pretty bad in in the winter. I don't do well in the cold seasons. It Mm. just makes me feel like. Not great. Gotcha. And I think that was maybe when the first year I kind of really started realizing that. That's something I realized more in college, how mm. much I'm affected by the seasons. Mm. Maybe part of it's being in Jacksonville. We have more like, sure, right. of a season change here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I still kind of got through it. Things didn't get super bad yet. 
Eventually in the spring, I did tell one of my, she's actually my best friend now. Um, I was like, dude, you know nothing about me. If you, like, you think we're best friends, we're not on my end Mm. because you don't know my life. And so I sat her down and I was like, here's everything. And I finally felt closer to her. Wow. Yeah. And so. What made you get there? Feeling like it was fake. Mm, like it felt okay. like okay i see you we were hanging out all the time we both lived on campus she'd just come over to our dorm all yeah. the time i was like you are so present in my life but you're not actually present mm. like there's something missing here and you don't know it because you are more like normal quote gotcha. unquote like but i have all of this that i can't like you don't even know about so mm. how can you say you love me and you know me when you don't even know about these things mm. and so it was like you need to know because this is fake without that. Gotcha. So the distastefulness of having a fake friend brought you to like, okay, we're gonna, we're just gonna make this real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I was like, this, I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And was that logical, Sage, coming in? <laughs> I or, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Sage a long time ago. Mm, okay. That might have also been the Lord. Mm, you know, kind of planting seeds and Good. like, because yeah. also that, that friend has been the most sanctifying relationship I've ever experienced. We, wow. She is my best friend right now. Oh. And so I think that was also the Lord's intervention of like, Good. okay, y'all need to start being real here. Oh. Yeah. And so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that was the first time that mm-hmm. you had someone who knew the real you mm-hmm. and stuck around to be a friend. Yes. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. No, it was a huge deal. Yeah, and her, and so, especially because they kind she and my other hand kind of about some of the mental health stuff. I didn't really let them in. I was kind of like, oh, I don't feel great today. Like, I kind of mm. let them know some stuff. It still took a lot of time to really let people into that. So, at, anyways, um, I ended up going to a summer training program through the NAVs, NAV yeah. years, and basically was put on a team, got discipled, really connected with the Lord. Um, mm. And the Navigators is just for people who don't know, a oh, yeah. college ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they reach out to kids or young adults. Yeah. And- Train them in the gospel and Jesus things. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And I had been involved in that already my freshman and sophomore gotcha, year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so they have a summer program where essentially mm-hmm. you can get like disciple and have a Bible study and fellowship community. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I went and my relationship with the Lord started to heal. Mm-hmm. Like through my mom's death. Because also that was happening right around the anniversary of her death. And so, and I was like realizing, okay, despite how mad I was at him, I do want him. Ooh. Like, Yeah. I love that. And that is actually healthy in a relationship. It is possible for you to be mad at someone you love mm-hmm. and still have the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You still wanted him. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I started learning what that actually looks like to pursue him. I started Ooh. having quiet times at the end of it and like mm. actually on my own, not just like, you know, doing it because I felt like I needed or not just doing it. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. So there were some Bible says where it's like, do a quiet time. And sometimes I would do that. But I was never like seeking the Lord on my own daily. Mm. And also it was so countercultural. There was so much like unlearning of the world for me. Ooh. Like growing up totally atheist, it was like so much is different that it just, for me, it took a lot of time. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And so not only was I starting to have my own quiet times, uh, that friend and I, we actually started texting our quiet times daily. We were like, you know, we're both Christians, but we never seem to talk about God. Wow. We've been in Bible study together and we've done this, but we don't seem to be like talking about him yeah. and she had already been to scp the prior year so she also had this like desire mm. to like pursue deep biblical community and i had just formed it we we're like what if we do something together oh. so we started texting our quiet times and this was during covid so we weren't living in the same city anyways it was oh. a great way to stay in touch gotcha yeah and bringing jesus into our relationship just deepened it 
like crazy fast. Wow. It got so real so fast after that because mm. um, just a few months after studying that, she opened up to me about her struggle. Aww. Yeah. And then I also was able to open up about other stuff I was struggling with. Oh, that's beautiful. And it just got really real. And it got the, okay, here's what's actually happening. Not what I used to struggle mm, with. What I'm but here's what's going right. on right now. Good. Yeah, I'm starting meeting weekly to check in. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And while all that was happening, it was great. And I think that was like softening me. Mm. Instead of being so numb and hard, I started learning what it looks like to maybe actually care about someone and let someone care about me. Ooh. Which was great, but also meant... Now the seams really started Oof, to burst. And you had to feel some things. Yes, I had to feel things. Oh. And I didn't really love it. And that's, especially that year is my junior year. Um, my classes were wicked hard. I was taking mm. the hardest courses I've taken. Um, and just some other things going on. Really like processing my mom's death. Like finally starting to. Not just being angry and not dealing with it. But right. like really starting to think about what happened. Um, and so I actually, that's when I started getting actually pretty depressed. Yeah. Um, can't remember if I started having panic attacks then. But... Mm. Yeah, the depression started being uh, really rough, especially because it was 2020. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was 2020. You were in COVID. So, so every, everything's always online. depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, living with a roommate who I didn't get along with, and mm. she was really insensitive to my depression, and oh. so she was very passive-aggressive, and so it was just rough. Yeah. Um, and still, was I was still using um, hookups as a coping mechanism. Gotcha. It was only finally that fall when something kind of bad had happened that I opened up to a friend about it and told her. And finally, now the Lord had actually um, really convicted me mm. and made me realize, like, you can't do that. That isn't how, like, you. It's not caring for yourself. It's not loving mm. yourself. Like, you cannot do this. Mm. And also, that's when I fully realized, oh, that was me self harming. Like, wow. that wasn't me. That was like that was hurtful for me to go and sleep with people and to go and do that. Yeah, and he opened wow. my eyes to it. And actually, since that time, I have not, which is great. So praise the Lord. Wow, it's been over two, like uh, about two years. Yeah. <gasps> Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, no, I'm really grateful for that. Especially, I think it was bringing it to the light was yeah. helpful. Mm. But that also meant my co- one of my coping mechanisms was gone now. I was going to say, you don't yeah. have any more coping mechanisms yeah. mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, and so like slowly but surely, the Lord just really started taking those things away so that I would finally start actually confronting it. But he did it in a really mm. loving way. I do think he eased me into it. Mm. And so, yeah, um, that spring, my depression got really bad Mm. that's when it really when I really started to realize like okay this isn't normal this Mm. isn't good it would be like I couldn't get out of bed or I didn't want to okay and classes were on zoom so all I had to do was log in and like sit the computer down I didn't have to sit there gotcha yeah so I looked fine still on the outside looked fine Mm. but um yeah was so not in it the only reason I even passed in my classes because I told my teacher what was going on and she was like she was nice to me because one of the classes it was the hardest class in my degree it's called physical chemistry too it's like Mm. quantum mechanics and ridiculous math I hated it wow I should not have passed that class (laughs) okay so but yeah by her grace Mm. um and yeah I remember just feeling so just like lost kind of like I was just like floating at sea Mm. and like not knowing how to like get back relationship with the lord was suffering too because like we didn't have any beef but i was like dude i don't feel anything like i don't know how to connect with you because i either feel really really sad or i feel nothing Nothing. yeah and so that spring was really rough and um i decided to try medication i had tried it before when i was younger i'd been in some therapy but i was like too young i don't think i really tried it well Mm. so we on medication they didn't check in well Mm. so i was on medication for about a month and I kind of, like, wasn't quite sure 
what signs to watch out for to know whether or not it's working. Oh. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe just wait it out. And it actually made me really suicidal. The depression medication Mm -hmm. made you suicidal? Yeah. That's that's one of, so there's different classes and like. Oh, okay. 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 This is what's called an SSRI. Okay. And sometimes they either work for you or they don't. And this one didn't. No, not at all. But it was like really hard because I was like, well, do I just wait? Is it going to get better? I don't know. And also, I actually had not really been experiencing those thoughts since I was like 11 or so. Mm. Like, there was maybe a vague thought in the back, but not in the way that it had come. Like, it like wow. opened the floodgates of something that was like felt like it was old, and now it was back. How soon after the medication did you feel that? Ooh. I actually don't remember when I was on medication very much because okay. I felt very mm, foggy. Yeah. Got yeah. it. So I, I don't actually know because mm. I remember when I stopped taking, I was like, I feel like awake. Like I literally don't yeah. want to pass off of my life. Wow. Yeah. And so unfortunately what that medication resulted in um, was actually me relapsing to self-harm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. After six years. Oh, Yeah. Sorry. So that was really challenging. Um, but that's when me realize like, oh, this medication isn't working. Yeah. Um, I think that's what finally, especially it was so foggy, I just had no idea. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I got off the medication okay. and it felt so good to be off the medication that I was like, maybe I'm better. This feels great. Mm. And plus it was the summer. That was a big change too. Ah, it the became season. hot. The yep. season, it was like, yeah. Wow. And I wasn't taking classes and like it was about to be senior year. So like I kind of had enough things to be like, oh, okay, things don't seem as bad as they mm. were. Um, and I led an STP team that year. STP, so now, the summer training program. Yeah, the yeah. navigators. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So everything was circumstantially everything was, yeah. great, seasonally yeah. great. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the summer was great. Um, there's still some hardship, but it like mostly felt fine. And I was like, mm. whatever, that's like in the past. So then senior year, um, I realized, oh, it's not done. Like it's not fixed. We're not mm. better. Um, especially because my fall of my senior year, I was facing this, really challenging decision of, am I going to go to grad school or am I going to stay here? Mm. Um, and that took a giant toll on my mental health. I started getting panic attacks all the time. I was just so anxious because <sighs> I had all this instability in my life. Finally, I'm in control. And now I'm thinking I'm going to like leave this family, these people I've oh. chosen. Like this is the longest I've been in one place in like ever. Yeah. How can I leave this and go back into the unknown and back mm. into like the hardship of making friends? And so... I was just so torn and yeah, just like pain, like I would like just lay awake at night and just like literally have a panic attack for like an hour Ugh. or like not be able to go somewhere. And so, yeah. And again, with it getting darker, the depression mm. got bad again. And so, yeah, just really, really struggled. Um, kind of continued into the spring. I remember. I think there was a time when it got really bad in the spring again because mm-hmm. I had applied to a position to work in ministry. I'd applied to be on Navigator's staff. Yeah. And um, the Lord said no. Mm. And I was shook because everyone around me had told me because of my story, they were yeah. like, surely you're going to get in. Why wouldn't they let you in? They're like, I'm, I'm going to talk to so-and-so if you don't get in. Mm. Everyone was like, yeah, you're going to do this. Or, or like, you can do this at least. And so, um, yeah. And I've gotten every job I've ever applied for. Mm. Never been told no. And so that's actually still true to this day. The only thing the Lord said no to was ministry. Wow. And what the people told me is they said, we don't think this is the right time. And we also don't think you should go to grad school. We think you need to take a year of rest. We think you need to take a year off. And this is where you're in right now. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in the middle of your healing. You're I'm the, trying. You're in the middle <laughs> yeah. of this processing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's challenging. It is. Yeah. Especially because I think I have often been someone who wants to go, 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 be busy to mm. avoid. I don't really like my own company. I don't want to be alone <laughs> with my thoughts yep. and process through all of this. Yep. Not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm. at first I did not like the idea of it, but then I think I really processed it and didn't actually choose to take a gap year. I deferred um, at you. I got into UF's PhD program and then I deferred. Wow. Um, and yeah, and so then this summer, so mental health still kind of off and on. I think mm. after the decision, I felt really good. It was like, wow, like this weight has been taken off. Mm. But then a few months later, a few weeks, whatever, it kind of came back. I'm like, okay, it isn't just circumstantial. I was like, there really must be some type of chemical imbalance going on. Mm. It isn't just my situation. It is internal. Mm. And so, yeah, I decided to um, try therapy again and medication again. Okay. Um, and still in that process. Yeah. Um, it's going decent-ish, still figuring it out. Sure. But, um, yeah. Can I, I ask what medication you're on? And is it better than what it was? It is, yeah. So the, um, what I was on before is, was called a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Yeah. Um, I'm now on a dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. So it's an entirely different class. class. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so helpful. I think sometimes mm-hmm. I've even spoken with people who are on medication but they're like, well, if the doctor prescribed it, it must be fine. And if it's not mm, working, it's mm-hmm. probably me. Yeah. And you are saying, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a good encouragement is mm-hmm. if your medicine is not working, tell your doctor. Oh, for sure. Right away. Mm-hmm. Right away. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much the beginning to the now. Wow. Probably missed some things, but that's what I remember um, right now. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. And I think I think what's really incredible is that you're in the middle of this processing all of that and mm-hmm. therapy and medication. And I think the fact that you can even talk about it right now, that you're in the middle of it, it's kind of mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, that's a big deal. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. How, um, how has Jesus sat with you in this Mm. season and what does that look like it's a good question i think that's actually probably one of the hardest parts about my depression Mm. we've asked like my disciple and other people about this for me when i feel depressed Mm -hmm. i also almost feel like the absence of the lord Mm. and like i logically know he doesn't leave me i like his love cannot be separated from me no mountain no no depth sure but I just feel so empty that I don't always feel him. And that's probably what makes, sometimes makes it really hard is that yeah. it's like, sometimes I'm like, well, Jesus, where are you? Like, I know yes. you're supposed to sit with me, but it doesn't feel like you're here. Yeah. And so is it me or is it you? Cause mm. I don't know. And so, yeah, it can be really challenging to always identify that. Yeah. I think it's usually only in hindsight. Right. It's never like in the moment that I feel like I can like identify that. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. I, mm-hmm. The word you use, I feel very empty. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what keeps you pursuing the Lord and the things mm. of the Lord while you feel this emptiness? Because the other things aren't as good. Mm. I've pursued them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I gave it a try. <laughs> I have literally tried everything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That, and that's a very logical answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plus I think too, I have 
become, I think, at least somewhat disciplined enough to, like, know enough about the Lord. Mm. To know that, like, this isn't about him. Mm. Like, his character doesn't change because I'm feeling depressed. Like, his love for me doesn't change because I'm feeling depressed. Wow. Yeah. And that knowing keeps you in the doing until Mm -hmm. you have the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I love that. I love that honesty, too. I love that you can share your story and say, I am not feeling Jesus right now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how many people will find a comfort in that and a connection in that. Mm. And that you even saying, because you know Jesus is still with you, he still does love you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to pretend and you don't have to manufacture <laughs> the feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do yeah. that anymore. Yeah. Because that's exhausting mm-hmm. and more isolating. So, yeah. oh, Sage, that's a big deal. Thank you so much yeah. for your honesty. I am... I am so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this may or may not connect, but because it is called Jesus time, <laughs> mm-hmm. is there anything you feel like Jesus is showing you in this season of emptiness? Hmm. Yeah. So I am discipling a young woman who can relate to a lot of what I've told you. Um, and she's a gem. And we decided to go through this book called Abba's Child. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? No. no. It's, Abba's Child. It's incredible so far. I haven't finished it, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. It has really been challenging me to question how I view myself and what I believe. Mm. I think especially in like today's American church, we can oftentimes just say, well, yeah, we're sinners. And that's it. Like, yeah, we like beat ourselves down so much. It's like, yeah, we're sinners, mm. but we are like justified through Jesus. Mm. And like, we are these beloved children of God. Yes. Like, despite being a sinner, like he loves you mm. so much. And so I've really been trying to like sit in that part of it Good. that um, like my identity isn't that I'm a sinner. It is that I am like mm. one of God's beloved children. Mm. And the book even challenged you. It's, it kind of says like, what would it look like for you to live your life like you radically believe you are a beloved child of God? Wow. Yeah. Like what if that was how you viewed yourself? Wow. And I was like, you know, I don't. And so how can I? Ooh. Um, and that book, I think, is kind of helping with some of that. But a lot of it is just, like, realizing, wow, well, what, what do you believe? I tend to sometimes believe the exact opposite, especially right. with people around me and what they've shown mm. me. And so, yeah, I think just trying to, like, fully believe God is, like, the good, good father. And he's yeah. my good father. And mm. I'm also his child yeah. who he literally died for. Oh. Sage, that is beautiful. And... Honestly, if you get nothing else from this gap here, that's yeah. enough. That's everything yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. Thank you again so much for mm-hmm. spending time with us, for sharing your story, for mm-hmm. sharing your heart. Mm-hmm. I know that everyone who hears this is going to pray for you, <laughs> that, that yeah. you you embrace that identity of mm-hmm. his beloved because yeah. that's the best. So well, I hope everyone else who hears it does too. Yes. Yeah. That's right. We all yeah, need to. Yeah, that's a challenge yeah. for all of us. You are correct. Myself included. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. There's never a time where any of us doesn't need that identity. Mm-hmm. So preach. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I know that you are blessed by Sage. I know you're encouraged by her journey. And I hope that you guys are finding Jesus in your Jesus time, whether you're empty or you're full or depressed or anxious or panicked or trying to cope or striving. He's with you. He's with us. We are his beloved. I love you guys so much. God bless.